0: It is the Chicago Chicagoverse United audio podcast, your Chicago scene salvation. You can find this podcast every week at least once a week at chicagoverseunited.com featuring interviews with the premier talent and tastemakers in the Chicago scene. My name is Haima Black. This week, I'm revisiting past CVU podcasts, which include interviews with Clayton Hawk of everyone is Famous.com and Tyler Curtis of Demons.com, The Hood Internet, Joe Troman of Fall Out Boy and the Damn Things, and more. Here's how those sound. This week, in the studio with two of Chicago's premier event photographers, Clayton Halk of everyoneisfamous.com and Tyler Curtis of Darkroom Demons. Celebrity life. Who's been great, who's been an <laughs> asshole, what can you say? Go I ahead. think I've met more celebrities in my previous job as a film production assistant. Okay. I mean, Anthony Hopkins was an amazing dude. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I got to hold an umbrella for Jennifer Aniston once. She was <laughs> she was classy. Did you break her heart? Everyone breaks her heart. No, but you know, we had a moment. I swear we locked eyes and I, I actually broke Eye contact—it freaked me out. You should have gone for it, man. I Anyone can date the her. The fourth wall had been removed. <laughs> but that was—that was when they were. She was still with Brad Pitt, and but it wasn't public. And I think sure. they had split at that point. Mm.
1: It was a strange, strange time in her. Maybe
0: life. you split them up. <laughs> yeah. You ruined her yeah, for other it was men. My fault.
1: For the record, and nothing against Samantha Ronson, but no one is worse than Lindsay Lohan. No one. <laughs> There's not a possible excuse in the world for what that girl behaves like, what she does, and what she's like. She stole my camera for 45 minutes. She stole my table once at at a bar in L.A. She's just the absolute (laughs) harbinger of doom. In my opinion. Real
0: quick, favorite spot to hit in Chicago, weeknight, weekend, favorite party, favorite bar? I mean, you know, when, when I'm not doing my quote-unquote job, mm-hmm. you, you're usually going to find me, like, in a dive bar. Like, they're, they're just so much better, in my Someplace opinion. Some places with no glamour. Some Yeah, just simple, cheap,
1: affordable, real people, real conversations.
0: Humboldt Logan, yeah, yeah.
1: Because I've been married for so long that life has been unbeknownst to me. Um, <laughs> but <clears throat> now things are a little different, and uh, where I found myself in the last couple weeks uh, is like Wonder Bar late at night. And I like to go out to dinner, hotel bars. I'm kind of a MILF hunter, so.
0: <laughs> I think that's a
1: website. <laughs> It is. Oh, <laughs>
0: that's what got me interested
1: in photography in the first place. There it is. Truth and beauty.
0: This week, talking on the phone with Steve Sleeve, one half of local mashup maestros, The Hood Internet, and you're just doing some some crazy shit right now. Uh, the Sun O remix, especially that mashup, which I mean, how long was that? And you know about, what was that was, with Kid Cudi? Yeah, it was about 17 minutes long, and it was sort of. <laughs> Sort of a, a punchline, uh, if you. We had we had done a Kid Cudi remix with uh, Cornelius a while back, and it uh, you know I thought it was pretty cool, but it was very poorly received, like you know vehemently so on the website. <laughs> so after that, we came back and hit him with a Bon Jovi Kid Cudi remix. Oh with, my god! And, you know, very obviously very comical. Uh, <laughs> sure. And it was received about the same way. So the uh, the cap to that was hoping to appease people with the ultimate Son o Kid Cudi. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I downloaded that because I saw that and I'm like, it's not 17 minutes. They're they're full of shit. And I I put it on in the car with my girlfriend and we were driving on 290 and after about 6 minutes she's like, "You got to turn this off." And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I kind of want to see if it keeps going. She's like, it's a novel idea, but I can't sit through 17 minutes of this. I think that's about, I think that is the appropriate reaction. (laughs) Here tonight with the members of Gemini Club, we've got Tom, Gavin, Dan, and Gordon. You know, how do you perform in different places like that? Do you do a different set, or are you giving the same set in a nightclub that you'll give at the Metro? This is the thing that we're, um, since we're kind of in the infancy of... Our set. We have um, uh, different visions of what a set would look like if we play at Reggie's opposed to a set at Vision. But we're still in the developmental stage right now. I think the way that um, certain crowds
1: react depending on the venue is kind of what we feed off. A of. Vision is much more dance-oriented venue, so they're ex- they're expecting it, and so we can kind of embellish certain dance parts. Whereas at a bottom lounge, you wouldn't really find it. Well, what I find surprising. Well, we. Technically, we do not change our set. You know, our set Mm -hmm. is where our set is, you know? But it really hasn't made any kind of a difference. It's not like when we we played The Hideout, we played with this other band, The Guy Storm, which is a really straight-ahead punk rock band, and they're awesome, by Mm -hmm. the way. And, you know, we have four on-the-floor beats, you know, through almost our whole set, and nobody is... Disappointed. Nobody's, like... Who are these techno idiots, you know, up on, sure. up on my rock stage? They're they oh my, they, my they, pillar of rock. We can I think we really communicate in a sort of a crossover way to a lot of different ears.
0: I'm a black here with the members of Kill Hannah in the early days when I was first going to shows at the Metro. I would see you guys out after so many shows, handing out flyers yourselves, and you could have a street team doing that, and you guys were so involved and so personally crazy. You're <laughs> familiar with your audience. You guys were connected yeah. to your audience, and you've never lost that. I always had so much respect for that philosophy that you guys had, that you were going to make this happen, you know. I'm, I'm you can, happy i am very I can about. listen to you talk for, yeah. for days. <laughs> <laughs> Dreams do come true. <laughs> yeah, that, that, was, that was an evil, evil time, but it was, I mean, we just had no... I didn't feel like we had a choice. We're like, what else are we going to do, you know? But just just for people out there to have a real visual of what that's like, it's not like the four of us kind of hanging out smoking, (laughs) handing out flyers. Like, (laughs) I remember literally walking on Belmont Avenue, like, every stranger that walked by, not even the day of a show, just any day, and just like, here, here's a flyer, you know, you got to check out my band in in a month. And people never, ever heard of us. People literally, like, whipped the flyer, like, (laughs) with the sharp corners, like, right into my face, (laughs) And I'm standing there, like, and it bounce off my face, fall on the ground. I'd pick it up, and I'd try to give it to someone else. It's a Matt story. Right. Never like, giving up the well, flyers. I would never do that now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know how anyone would start a band <laughs> <laughs> Hyma Black here with Joe Troman backstage at Subterranean. How's it going, man? Ah, It's going good. Just got done playing. (laughs) you got a new band with members of Anthrax and Every Time I Die and I
1: think Andy Hurley is in that as well. What can you tell us about that group? It's called The Damned Things. I'm uh, heavily influenced by... not just heavy metal but like a lot of like heavy classic rock like Sabbath and Thin Lizzy and, and Zeppelin and I mean I'm not the only guy in the world influenced by that but um, it's what I really like uh, it's what I got into through my father you know I mean that's my father's favorite band is Led Zeppelin um, and uh, so that's kind of like what I kind of grew up on and then you know this thing happens that thing happens I end up in Fall Out Boy it's a completely <laughs> different <laughs> sounds just like Made and Sabbath, man. Yeah, totally the same thing, you know, I mean, I, I mean, that's just, I mean, here's the thing, Fall Out Boy uh, is, is important to me, it's, it's opened so many doors for me, and it's, it's, I love the music, but yeah, it's not necessarily me, musically, and uh, so, that being said, while doing Fall Out Boy, I, I had been writing a lot of music on my own, I, I had records, you know, multiple records worth of songs sitting around. Uh, somebody introduced me to Scott, um, a mutual friend of ours, and uh, I guess I was under the impression, just like I am usually, that he would just like me, <laughs> and he didn't, and uh, we kind of walked really well. And Do you just go into every meeting with that kind of sense? Or? Oh, yeah. I'm so insecure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't manifest my insecurities in an ego-maniacal way. I manifest them in an obvious. This, way. <laughs> this has been the chicago verse
0: united audio podcast your chicago scene salvation you can check out all the episodes of this podcast at chicago dot united.com for the dynamic dynasty my name is hyman black dynasty Descend.